It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Blocked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. The Carolina Panthers have finally won a football game. Nine straight losses dating back to last year. No more. The first home win since they beat the New Orleans Saints on September 19th of 2021 in week two. The Carolina Panthers get it done 22 to 14 against their division rival New Orleans Saints who ain't have nothing for the third Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium. And I am so damn happy to finally, finally get to sit here and to talk to you After a Carolina Panthers win, it's been a long time. It's weighed on you. It's weighed on me. It's weighed on all of us as we have sat here and just scratched our heads and shook our heads and thrown up just sick and tired of the constant losses, the mistakes, the bad quarterback play, which they kind of got that still on Sunday, but all of it, you know what it was and what it has been, but finally we can... Take a sigh of relief. The Carolina Panthers are victorious for the first time since November of last year when they went on the road and beat the Arizona Cardinals. No Kyler Murray that afternoon. Cam Newton was there for the Carolina Panthers, but it does not matter. The Panthers are finally victorious, beating the Saints and now getting to 1-2 and and only one game back in the division with New Orleans now being 1-2, and two, losing two straight and falling to 0-2 in the division. Panthers 1-0 and in the division. Atlanta won their first game of the season against Seattle and Tampa Bay. Tom Brady lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, making them only 2-1. and one. So through three weeks, Carolina Panthers only one game back of the NFC South. But we're not going to talk about whether the Panthers can win the division or not. That's not something that we're going to discuss. There's still 14 games left to go. I'm just happy that I'm not having to talk about fire rule and all of that nonsense. Apparently, y'all were at the President's Cup. Chanting that, like, come on. We get the President's Cup for the first time in our history of our city, and that's what you wanted to do. The U.S. wins it once again. I actually spent my Sunday at the President's Cup, my uh, 
boss over at MRN NASCAR, my, my day job, Chris Schwartz was like, Hey, do you want tickets? Um, in the NBC hospitality at the 15th hole, which is typically the 18th hole. You can't pass that up. I wasn't going to go, but I figured why not go check it out on a Sunday and then go check out the Panthers game later on. And the thing about that was I really couldn't get away from the Panthers game. Like, of course I'm on Twitter as best reception I could have. I would check and see what's going on and having people DM me about, Oh man, Panthers made this mistake. Oh, finally the defense gets a takeaway and all those kinds of things. And then I run into somebody I went to uh, college with at Elon and she's right there in the hospitality with me. And she comes up and is like, Hey, you're Julian council, right? I'm like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, I, lo- I love all your tweets. I follow your Panthers content, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's like, oh, what do you think about Matt Rule? We got to get rid of him. It's like, I can't get away from this. I cannot get away from y'all, but I love it. It's, it is fun to see someone who I've not seen in like, when I, when I graduate, 15 and seven years and probably even before that because it's not like we really interacted at all back in school. And she's from Charlotte. It's wild to run into someone like that and then to be asking me about the Panthers and just the constant updates throughout the day. And it was a fun day at Quell Hollow. But it was a great day in Charlotte sports. You get a Panthers victory for the first time at home since September 19th of last year. The first win period since November on the road against Arizona. You have a great sporting event like the President's Cup, which the U.S. goes out there and wins once again. And everyone should be feeling good heading into Monday morning. I would hope so. And I get it. Matt Rule winning this game, the Panthers winning this game, is not going to subside all the talk whether they should be fired or not. He's going to have to win a hell of a lot more games if he's going to come back here in 2023. But damn it, if you can't sit here and celebrate the good times, then what is the point of this whole fandom thing at all, man? Like defensively, back-to-back weeks now, the Panthers defense has come out and they have done their job. We'll get to the offense in a moment, but the Panthers defense has gone out there and they've done their job. Frankie Louvu last week had an opportunity right before halftime to change the complexion of that game had he intercepted Daniel Jones and I think very likely taken that back for a pick six. The offense did absolutely nothing in that first half. They fumbled on the opening kick with Chuba Hubbard. Robbie Anderson got stripped and the Giants only scored six points because the defense was able to step up and make plays in the red zone. We talked about it, going from good to great. Two of the things that Matt Rule pointed out, they were not great in the red zone last year, and they did not get enough takeaways. Well, in the red zone last week, they stood tall, and they kept the team in that game. And today, they finally got takeaways, three of them. Frankie Louvu, who missed an opportunity, and we talked about this earlier in the week with Jonathan Stewart, and I even brought up the lack of execution from the players is one of the bigger issues that the Panthers have had through the first week, two weeks of the season. Put it on Matt Rule. Certainly, he'll take the blame. He's the head coach. It all falls back on him, but he's not the one out there dropping interceptions. He's not the one out there blowing coverages, going offsides, and giving the Giants a first down when they're trying to run out the clock and the Panthers are trying to get the ball back. He's not out there doing that. The players, though, have to make those plays, and also their mistakes are a reflection on rule. I am not going to ignore that at all. But Frankie Louvre went out there and made up for it immediately, stripping Alvin Kamara. Marquise Haynes gets a scoop and score, becoming the first takeaway for the Carolina Panthers in six games. It snapped the longest streak in the NFL. So the Panthers had the longest losing streak in the league at nine games and the longest streak without a takeaway being six games. That is no longer the case anymore. Now, J.C. Horn 
also made two big plays on Sunday. Had an opportunity earlier in the game to intercept Jameis Winston, who was out there playing with two broken uh, bones, apparently in his very, his, like, spine, which what on earth, man? He was out there, hobbled with the ankle as well. He throws one behind Chris Olave, who had a really good game. Don't understand why Olave was lined up on, like, Dante Jackson and CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor all day. Need to put JC Horn out there, especially when that guy's cooking the entirety of the secondary sands Horn. But either way, he throws it behind Chris Olave. Horn had an opportunity to intercept it, doesn't. But later on, on a blitz, tips it up. Derek Brown gets the interception. And at the end of the game, Jameis Winston just basically throwing a Hail Mary. 17 seconds left. You're on the one-yard line. Or it's 22 seconds left. You're on the one-yard line or whatever. 17, 22, whatever it is. They're they're on the one-yard line. No timeouts. He's just trying to get it down the field to Olave. Jason Horn gets the pick. Three takeaways for the Carolina Panthers, a team that did not have a single, the only team in the league heading to week three without a turnover. They get the job done defensively and special teams as well. I told y'all. Bringing in Chris Tabor, who annually has a top 10 special teams unit in the NFL back when he was with Chicago and his other previous stops in the league, that was going to be good for at least one or two wins this upcoming this season. And I think Sunday afternoon was one of those. You get the block field goal, Marquand McCall. That guy might be a player, man. Hoskins didn't get it done. You've had some like guys like Nixon who were drafted as defensive tackles. McCall, undrafted dude. He's come out there. He earned his spot on this team through the preseason. He made plays last week against the Giants. He gets the block. I know he also had a tackle for loss later on in the game. So a block field goal. Will Lutz misses a 48-yard field goal after a sack. So great job on the defense by putting him into that position. And Will Lutz has been a good kicker. I know he's, I think last year he spent the entire of the season injured. Maybe that's catching up to him again this season. But he misses a field goal. Eddie Pinheiro has not missed a kick. Knock on wood so far this season. One of my concerns. But looking like I'm going to be made a full up once again as they picked up Zane Gonzalez off the Detroit Lions practice squad a year ago. Eddie Pinheiro, who's been cycled through the league to, for, with a couple teams. He comes here, has a previous relationship with Chris Tabor, hasn't missed a kick. Special teams helps to win this game as well. And let's not forget about Johnny Hecker. All-decade team, four-time Pro Bowler, has a punt. Puts it at the one, 22 seconds left, no timeouts for the Saints, effectively ends the game right then and there. Defense and special teams comes up big to help the Carolina Panthers win this game. Now, the question, though, is how sustainable is that model? Because the Carolina Panthers only allowed 14 points. Matt Rule, in such games where his team allows 16 or fewer points, is now 10-0. and In situations where they allow 17 or more, they're one in 25. So the defensive special teams were great on Sunday afternoon, but is it sustainable considering just how bad the offense has looked and especially Baker Mayfield through the first three weeks of the season? We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with challenges in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or how small. Y'all, there's nothing wrong with going out there and getting therapy and talking to someone to help you through your everyday life that's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength and if you're thinking of giving therapy a try you should check out our friends over at BetterHelp. it is a great option it's a convenient 
accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime you want to. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to help get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, Matt Rule said it to start off the season that he felt the Panthers are going to have to lean on their defense to help them win games at the beginning of the year. Well, week one didn't really do that. Gave up 217 yards on the ground against Cleveland. Couldn't get off the field when they really needed him to. Played a lot better. Week two in New York against the Giants. Stopped Saquon Barkley. But when they needed to get a big interception, Frankie Lubu dropped it right before halftime. When they needed to get a stop, Matt Ioannidis jumps offside, and the Panthers just could not get off the field when they desperately needed to. But they played well overall. On Sunday, they were fantastic. Three takeaways, multiple sacks, just an all-around defensive effort that the Carolina Panthers needed to be able to beat the New Orleans Saints on Sunday afternoon. Now, that's great. But the offense... The offense has got to be better moving forward. I don't really think it's that sustainable to be able to hold opponents to 14 points per game, especially teams of New Orleans that have guys like Jarvis Landry who went out with an ankle injury. Uh, Michael Thomas went out for some time. But guys like Chris Olave were great. Even Traquan Smith picked up the slack. Marquan or Marquez Callaway, he had an incredible touchdown catch. And Jameis Winston was hobbled. Maybe if he's healthier, he plays better. But the defense was great. I just don't think every week the Panthers can rely on three takeaways because certainly that has not been something they've been able to rely on the previous six games. And I don't think that's going to be something they're going to rely on the next 14 games. The hope is, going from good to great, that this will be a far more consistent effort as far as the takeaways go and even scoring, which the offense only had one scoring touchdown today. And that's just not going to be good enough Moving forward, we'll talk about the good to start off before we get to the bad offensively. Christian McCaffrey had 100 yards rushing a week ago, got it again, back-to-back 100-yard rushing games, hadn't had one since 2019, 25 carries for 108 yards rushing. We talked to Jonathan Stewart earlier in the week. He talked about having to find an identity. Well, he mentioned Christian McCaffrey, his former teammate, as someone that this offense can place their identity around. And getting McCaffrey 25 carries, love it. That's exactly what I want to see from this Carolina Panthers offense. If that's what it takes to win, especially on these days where the passing game's not working out and your quarterback's struggling, then so be it. McCaffrey looks good so far. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Throw salt over the shoulder. Get the bad luck snail out of it. Please, God, keep this man safe. And Christian had a funny quote this week saying, oh, God, I forgot what it was. That would land him on the – um." Uh, on the, I, on the uh, injured list, but whatever, uh, injury report, but whatever. He played well. LaVishka Chenault, 
first time we've seen him. Uh, Matt Rule talked about a week ago how he's got to get the speed first before we, we could see him out there. Two receptions for 90 yards and a touchdown. The first one, just embarrassing tackling from the Saints. Uh, he made his first man miss in P.J. Williams. Then Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, not quite sure what he was doing. A poor angle to try and tackle Chenault. And they didn't really get an arm on him. I understand he's a big guy. Showed some good speed to break away. 67-yard touchdown. Big play. Why they traded for him. Happy to see it, absolutely. And then he had another catch later on in that game for a first down. So, ton of credit to Lishka Chenault to go out there and to play well in that game. And Terrace Marshall was the odd man out at wide receiver. And this is one of the questions I had whenever Chenault was ready to go. Would Marshall be the guy who's the odd man out? And we saw him play six snaps last week against New York. Didn't do anything. He was not out there. And you have to wonder if his time here in Carolina could be coming to an end because the Panthers had seven receivers on the initial 53-man roster. Andre Roberts currently on IR with that knee injury. Shai Smith has taken over that position for him. Chenault could help out in special teams as a returner down the road as well. Where does Terrace Marshall fit in this? Didn't even see a lot of Rashard Higgins at, at all. And it looks like Chenault's kind of elevated his way into this receiving core, especially after making plays. And that's why it was so ridiculous last Sunday when Matt Rule was saying, oh, we these guys just got to execute, meaning DJ and Robbie and Shai Smith. We don't need to see other guys. And then he came back on Monday saying, yeah, we got to get more guys involved. Well, he got another guy involved, and LaVisca Chenault went out there, and he played well. So McCaffrey, Chenault, that's the good. The bad, um... Like, where's DJ Moore, man? And I'm not, I'm not criticizing DJ, but a part of the identity the Panthers need to find is DJ Moore as well. Like, your top two playmakers on offense theoretically are McCaffrey, and that's not really theoretically, that's just true, and DJ Moore, who has been the most underrated receiver in the league the last three seasons. Well, he turns out he's the most underrated receiver on his team currently because he's not seeing the ball. One reception for two yards on Sunday afternoon. He only has seven receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown through three weeks of the season thus far. Uh, Target-wise, he got six targets. I mean, Baker Baker missed him on a couple of throws, and we're going to get to Baker in, the, in a minute here, but, like, Baker missed him on a couple of throws, so that's not really on DJ. And, and I guess let's just get into the Baker thing. I've already seen it. Uh, I My buddy Kyle Bailey over at WFNZ is like, folks, Sam Darnold might be better. And then I had someone ask me, too. It's like, hey, at what point might Sam Darnold get an opportunity? This team knows who they are with Sam Darnold. The offensive line's better, and we've been saying, hey, if you get weapons, if he has an offensive line, will the guy get an opportunity to play well? The offensive line's a lot better. And Baker certainly has um, not gotten rid of the ball quick enough, taking a couple sacks today, which I would place on him and not on a defense, maybe one of them, or on the offensive line, maybe one of them is a coverage sack. But either way, Baker's got to get rid of the ball. And Matt Rule's brought that up in the past as well in the previous two weeks. He just has not looked good. Has not looked good at all. Like 12 for 25, 170 yards, 67 of them came on that Chenault play, and you can't really credit Baker on that. Um, and then one touchdown, no picks, which is good. Only one interception through the first three weeks of the season. You can't say the same about Sam Darnold. I think last year he didn't didn't have one against the Jets, had one against the Saints, which is hellacious, and then did not have one against Houston. So I think the same case, and he looked a lot better than Baker, but Baker just has not looked good. And at what point do we start to get concerned about his play? Because it's, it's impacting DJ Moore, as I mentioned, because a couple of those, like six targets, only one reception for two yards, that's just not good enough. And he's missed DJ. And they seem to have a good connection in the preseason. That just, or at least in training camp practices, 
that has just not materialized so far on the field to start off the season. And that is concerning, man. The team knows who they are with with Sam Darnold. Like, I just don't think Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback in this league. I, we've seen enough at this point in time. Make all the excuses you want. I We've seen enough. Baker has been a better player for him. And I guess to make excuses for Baker are really reasons, and certainly why Sam Darnold struggled in the past can be reasons. But at some point in time, you just got to be able to overcome it. And he has not done that. Baker did not get OTAs, did not get mandatory minicamp. He had to come in here and compete in quotes of Sam Darnold, and then it took until the final week of the preseason before he was named a starting quarterback, and he got to work with the number one unit. So he's only had about four or five weeks with the ones. And that has shown. I came in the season not knowing what to expect at all from the offense, other than thinking that Christian should play well, and I would hopefully that DJ Moore would also play well. Haven't seen it from DJ, and I think in due part because the quarterback just has not been good enough. The final 35 minutes of that Browns game that Matt Rule liked to go back to, we haven't seen that offense since then. Didn't see him last week in New York. Didn't see him at all on Sunday against the Saints, aside from the Chenault play, which, again, is just poor tackling by New Orleans. Baker's got to be better, man. And I'm not quite yet ready to sit here and criticize him. Because remember last year when I was talking about Sam Darnold, I told y'all I didn't believe in Darnold, but I wasn't going to sit here and make every game a referendum on whether Sam Darnold was the right answer here in Carolina. I wasn't going to do that, especially knowing that Sam Darnold had two years on his deal and that he was going to be on the team here in 2022, whether he was successful or not, just knowing that if he stunk, teams weren't going to be able to trade for him. And if he was good, well, of course, he'd be back here as a starting quarterback. For Baker, I guess there's less time to be patient considering rules jobs on the line, Baker's career is on the line, and he doesn't have any years after this on his contract. We got 14 more games to go. Through three weeks, he's been pretty bad. He's had his moments, but all in all, he's not been a good player for the Carolina Panthers at that position. And today, do I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback next year? No, I cannot say that based off of the three games that he's played. But the good thing is, there's still 14 weeks left in the season for Baker to figure it out. And it can't be come week 12 it can't be week 15 because I mean by week 12 you're gonna have to put Darnold in at that point in time you can't sit here and wait but right now through the first I don't know four or five weeks I don't really know where to kind of end the the line of demarcation as far as like oh when do you start criticizing Baker I'm gonna remain patient right now but I'm as just as concerned as all of you because currently he's looked pretty bad and he can't play the way he played on Sunday. Didn't turn it over, which is good. But he can't play like this against the better teams moving forward. Like the Panthers got Arizona next week. Cardinals probably should be 0-3. They don't look very good so far this season. Uh, San Francisco right now is playing on Sunday Night Football against Denver. I don't know how that's going to turn out. Garoppolo, I think they're in a better situation with him at quarterback than Trey Lance because of, I mean, they've been to the Super Bowl and MC title game with him last season and his experience. Like, they have, three more, they have two more home games. Like, winning – at least two of these going being two and three after this. I mean, three and two would be ideal, obviously. Um, Baker's gonna be a lot better. Like, I just don't see how they're gonna be able to beat teams like Tampa and the Rams and all the other better teams they play rest of the year, and even probably Arizona next week and San Francisco the week after that. If Baker Mayfield's gonna give the type of performance that he had, and DJ Moore's not gonna be involved in this offense, like they've got to figure it out there. So I'm gonna remain patient, but man, that does not look good. So far, 
Now, I'm not the only one who's remaining patient here in Carolina. Apparently, David Tepper, the owner who y'all are begging, or at least all week have been and probably are, to fire Matt Rule. According to Ian Rappaport, he's sticking with Rule and he's going to try and be patient as well. We'll talk about that more here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we woke up Sunday morning hoping the Carolina Panthers could get a win, or maybe some of you were hoping that this would be the final day that Matt Rule would be the head coach of the Panthers, barring his 10th straight loss and going 0-3. Well, that didn't happen, and it was basically ruled out before kickoff as Ian Rappaport, NFL insider for the NFL Network, reported on Sunday morning that sources informed him of the Panthers' thinking, saying that there's no change that is imminent for Matt Rule with Panthers owner David Tepper planning to be patient rather than reactionary, but wins must come and improvement must be evident. Rapport also said with the locker room still believing in Rule, sources informed of the Panthers thinking say, and with the team's fight and efforts still clear on the field, it would take an epic collapse or a horribly embarrassing outcome to alter the course. That is not to say that it can't happen this season, that it would change the team's plans. Just not right now. And also later on, he said upon being hired, Rule signed a seven-year deal and was given control of the roster. All an indication of not only power, but the team's patient. And that's how Tepper would like to be. Patient and able to make a decision when it makes sense rather than the on-field product or locker room reaction forcing him to. If the locker room was in chaos, it might be a different story for Rule. And go no further than the video that they posted on Panther Social of Matt Rule congratulating his team on their first win since November of last year and their first home win since September 19th of 2021 week two against these same New Orleans Saints there at Bank of America Stadium. It was good to see those guys be happy, and I'm happy for it, man. I'm happy for everyone out there. And as I said, like you don't have to love Rule, but if you can't cherish the wins – it's, it's difficult to win this league. We're not out there playing. I, I get it. Your passion is what makes sports so fun and what brings me back here every day talking to you. Man, if you can't sit there and be happy for those guys, I just don't know what's wrong with y'all, man. Even for Rule, a dude who has been um, – he's been honest enough, self-aware. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm looking for. He's been self-aware enough to go on FNZ. And to tell those guys that he understands the fan criticism because he has not gone out there and won games, that that's on him. If he's winning games, then they're not out there chanting fire rule at Hornets games and at the President's Cup and even at the first game of Charlotte FC. And maybe at your local Harris Tutor or wherever people like to do this, at the YMC, at the Harris Y on a Saturday morning during soccer games. They're not doing that. They're instead behind you. Well, people can get behind him if he starts winning games. Like That's all people want is for him to win games. It would be great if you get out in the community and be like Ron Rivera, but they're two different people. Win games, and everyone would be happy. I'm happy to see that celebratory locker room. Robbie Anderson, a guy who you don't have to love his comments about, hey, you're not a real fan if you, I guess, are behind, not behind, or you're going to boo the team and all that. I mean, that's not necessarily true, but I do understand in a way what he's saying is like, hey, like, be behind us. 
don't show up to the game and just be like chaining fire rule. Like sit there and try and support us, especially against a division rival. Like we need you out there. And the crowd on Sunday wasn't great, but I think a lot of people went to the President's Cup, which I don't blame them. I skipped my duties of watching the game live to go out there and enjoy a once-in-a-lifetime event for the city of Charlotte. Maybe it will happen later on down the road. I don't know. But um, the crowd wasn't necessarily hype, at least watching on TV as far as being full. Maybe in the game atmosphere it might have been better. I don't know. It's a lot different watching it on record because you're just kind of like trying to get through it and kind of get your takeaways and record this. But um, I'm happy for Matt Rule. I'm happy that the Panthers won. Does it change a ton right now? No. Absolutely not. Like, the season's not over. That's what I told you all last week. They still have 15 games to play when they're own two. Like, they now have 14 games to play. Like, they're not handing out playoff bids right now. The Panthers might be 1-2 and two and only a game back at Tampa thanks to beating New Orleans, who's now 0-2 in the division, and Tampa losing to Green Bay, and then the Falcons, who I don't think are going to be a threat. They just won on the road in Seattle. Like, they're 1-2. and two. So, Tampa's 2-1. and one. Panthers are 1-2. Saints are 1-2. and two. Atlanta's 1-2. and two. And you're already 1-0 in an important division game. And you win at home. Like, they just got to st- start stacking these wins. And Robbie Anderson said, like, hey, we haven't – we didn't just win the Super Bowl. Like, we got to keep doing this. We got to stay focused. And that's why I was just so dejected about the Browns game because they played bad and they could have won that game. They could they played bad could have won last week. You just got to start stacking them. And you're at home. First four or five games around home. You got to stack these wins right now. 14 games left. Arizona next week. San Francisco after that. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs. I mean, I thought going to the season they go to the playoffs. I, we got to take it week by week. I'm not going to sit here and say everything is fixed, that Matt, that Matt Rule magically is the right man for the job because the numbers still bear out that when they give up over 17 points, they're 1-25. When they hold them under 17 points, they're 10-0. and 0. Like That is a ridiculously high bar for this Panthers defense, especially that to live up to, to win football games under Matt Rule. That cannot be the case. When the defense is getting a takeaways and they're scoring and special teams is playing like the way they played and, I mean, New Orleans is making mistakes, that can help you win games. But Baker's got to be a lot better. DJ, which I think will go hand-in-hand, needs to be more involved in the offense. And Christian, just keep doing your thing, man. And hopefully guys like Chenault can continue to make big plays for this Panthers offense. All I know is, like, on this Sunday night as I'm talking to y'all, I'm damn proud of this team for getting this win and happy for these guys that they finally got an opportunity to go out with their head held high, smiles on, and not have to listen to people sit here and trash them for not getting their job done. They got it done. It's not going to change folks' opinion of rule. Of course, not one game's going to do that. But I'm hoping that everyone in Charlotte and in the Carolinas, across the world, wherever you are, who's a Panthers fan, listen to the show is happy about the situation. And that girl I was telling you about earlier, Lindsay, I was saying goodbye to her and she's like, we won. I was like, hell yeah. Happy times. Go to vibes only. It finally feels good as Carolina Panthers get a 22 to 14 win against the New Orleans Saints with a one and two and one and oh in the NFC South. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out on uh, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. And in the meantime, be happy because the Panthers won. Be whole, be safe as always. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday as we continue to break down the Carolina Panthers' first win in months. 
here on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.